Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and, of course, is on the Pigskin Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. Thank you once and always for listening to the show and for downloading that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Thank you always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today, as this is indeed State of the Vikings 2023, the big granddaddy of them all. Always a fun show to look forward to as we head into February, into March, and all that free agency draft. And of course, putting a bow on the 2022 season, as we always like to put a bow on the previous season and get our, uh, in the first segment, name our awards and demerits for the season. Second segment will be free agency and draft conversation in other shows, other shows like basketball and hockey, Brave the Wild Timbers Explosion. It's usually draft and free agency, but in the NFL, it's free agency and draft. It's a little different. Yeah, free agency comes first, <laughs> uh, for the most part, anyway. And and then, of course, the third segment will be fan interaction. I will give out the stars of the year and have two new Hall of Fame inductees, Purple Mafia Hall of Fame inductees, to be put in, the class of 2023, so to speak. So let's open things up with kind of looking over the the season and such. Uh, Kevin O'Connell started out the preseason 0 for 3, 26 to 20 loss at Vegas, losing to San Francisco 17 to 7, and Denver 23 to 13. Just kind of getting used to things and all that. But then the Vikings open up Kevin O'Connell's career with a solid, convincing 23 to 7 win over <laughs> the Green Bay Packers and Ed Donatello. Oh man, that Donatello defense looked really promising to a point. I said Kawabunga, like Donatello, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, stuff like that. Twenty-three to seven. Aaron Rodgers looked awful. Generally speaking, they couldn't get anything going. Jordan Love even came in the game just because what the heck. Dirk Cousins was solid with a nice, uh, you know, quarterback rating of about one nineteen. Delvin Cook was all right, four and a half yards. Madison, four and a half yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson opened up his regular season with 184 yards, an MVP type of year, and probably a favorite to win the MVP of the 2022 Minnesota Vikings, I would say, <laughs> in the polls on on uh, on uh, Twitter. Of course, that'll be saved for fan interaction, but I will name my personal choices at the end of this segment. Adam Thielen, 36 yards, but oh, that's okay. He's going to get better, right? Adam Thielen's going to get better, right? Okay, maybe not. Unfortunately, uh, he really doesn't the rest of the way. But Vikings defense contained Aaron Rodgers, and the frustration for the Packers started him out. Little did we know the Packers would kind of semi-get competitive for a little while and then ultimately drop off. But a crappy start to the season for the Packers and a huge indicator that the Vikings just might win the division this year, maybe. Or maybe the Packers will come back and kick our butts later in the season. Who knows? Monday night game in Philadelphia was a reality check, and this team ended up (laughs) losing the Super Bowl by... The narrowest of margins, unfortunately. <clears throat> they just couldn't hang on. They couldn't get the job done down the stretch. But they beat the Vikings up pretty bad. The score felt a lot or Yeah, the game felt a lot worse than the score. 24-7 to is a crappy game. And that's pretty much how the Vikings lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs and lost uh, Dennis Green's first playoff game to the Washington Redskins. Where, yeah, well, the Vikings actually scored first in <clears throat> the Redskins game. And then after that, things went downhill. Vikings were in this game for a little while, but it just kind of felt negative for the longest time and couldn't generate jack squad. A 24-7 halftime score ended up being the final score. The Vikings offense just couldn't click after getting a touchdown pass to Irv Smith. Uh, 
from uh, Kirk Cousins, but yeah, ultimately he would throw three interceptions. Him being Kirk Cousins, the running game couldn't get going, and plus the Vikings being behind, we had to force our way into the passing game. 40, 46 attempts by Kirk Cousins, and it just wasn't meant to be. Adam Thielen actually led the team with 52 yards, but Irv Smith would be the guy with the touchdown. And more and more fans realizing that Irv Smith's just kind of a mediocre player and ultimately injury-prone as well, as he would end up missing the rest of the season not too long after this. Um, yeah, this was like a reality check. Like, okay, never mind. We beat the Packers, but uh, we're probably just going to still be that 9-8, and 10-7 team that we'll all, all of us thought Little do we know the Vikings would go on to win 13 games this season. But, uh, you know, this was definitely a nasty reality check, the way uh, Jalen Hurts just kind of ran and barreled his way into the end zone past our defense. And the Vikings defense suddenly didn't look nearly as good as it did against the Packers. But they did keep Philadelphia scoreless in the second half, which counts for something. But the Vikings offense couldn't do jack squat. Kirk Cousins ended up throwing three INTs. Jalen Hurts did throw one, but the Vikings end up losing the game. Wahoo. <laughs> um, Detroit, you know, the back and forth battle. And that's how things are going to probably be from now on, as, as long as uh, Dan Campbell's the head coach of the Detroit Lions. A 28-24 to win for the Vikings to get us to 2-1 and this uh, on the season. But Detroit actually had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then Kirky McClutchiton, as uh, Phil Mackey would say on, on Mackey and Judd, would take over, and the Vikings uh, would be clutched down the stretch. And this was, again, a theme, that thing, how, how things would go the rest of the season, how the Vikings would end up winning 13 games because how clutch we were in the fourth quarter. Probably the best fourth quarter team in the NFL, though it was irritating to always be trailing pretty much in the fourth quarter. It's not like we would ever blow anybody out the whole season, um, which was, again, annoying and frustrating. But the Vikings end up surviving an extremely close game versus the Detroit Lions, winning barely in a fashion how Detroit again coughed up 14 points in the fourth quarter and the Vikings end up winning by 4, 28 to 14. Again, a 10-point deficit after Detroit scored 10 points and then had, had uh, blanked the Vikings. It was kind of a game of runs, like a 14-point second quarter for the Vikings, a 10-point th- third quarter for Detroit, and then a 14-point fourth quarter for the Minnesota Vikings. Kind of a back and forth and the Vikings end up escaping in very impressive fashion, defeating the Detroit Lions. At the time, a lot of us thought, ah, big deal, it's just the Lions, and Dan Campbell's record would get worse and worse and worse as Detroit would be snake bit with close losses. But then later in the year, Detroit almost made the playoffs the way they were progressing. And a lot of people believe Detroit could make the playoffs, and a lot of people actually believe Detroit is better than the Minnesota Vikings, despite the inferior record. Crazy thought. But as the season progressed, it's a conversation that actually existed in a lot of places. The Vikings would beat New Orleans 28-25. to Andy Dalton, who's had his number, or has had the Vikings number forever, would be the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. But this is the 2022 Vikings. See, we win close games. The 2021 Vikings were terrible. Uh, and 2020 Vikings were terrible at close games. In fact, they were terrible in general. The 2020 Vikings were a really bad team, honestly. It was a disaster. Shocking that Zimmer didn't get let go after that season, or 2020. One would be a basically a wasted year. Latavius Murray would get in the end zone and lead the Saints in yards. Fifth 57, actually quite impressive. This is about the time when the Donatel defense started to look mediocre, including against Detroit. It just kind of kept getting a little bit weaker and weaker as the season progressed. But Justin Jefferson with another elite performance, 10 receiving uh, 10 receptions with 147 yards, but no touchdowns. Only Madison would receive a touchdown on a screenplay. 
for 15 yards, ultimately catch and go type of situation. Cook, 76 yards. But as the season progressed, Cook looked generally mediocre during the course of the season, and a guy who wasn't the explosive stud that all of us uh, saw years ago. Uh, definitely a slowdown in Delvin Cook's game, even though he would have certain little bursts and stuff here and there during the course of the season. You'd, you'd see little hints and flashes of what Delvin Cook was before, but generally speaking, I'm, I'm one of the people that would tell you Delvin Cook took a step back this year, despite the fact he was con- he was solid and all that, and he was always decent for the most part, but mediocre, generally speaking, um, compared to what he used to be. Not the explosive star he was. Um, another one of those nail-biter type of games that the Vikings, you know, defense kind of let New Orleans score in that fourth quarter, but the Vikings would outlast the New Orleans Saints in kind of a back-and-forth, almost like a can-you-top-this type of battle with the New Orleans Saints. Again, kind of annoying considering who the Saints were coming into this season. Um, Allen's got a chance to be a pretty good coach. Is a Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints, but we'll see. They dropped to 1-3. and three. The Vikings jumped to 3-1. and one at the end of a, pro- a game that probably shouldn't have been as close as it was, but I suppose it was a road game. And playing in New Orleans, there's been some frustrating performances in that place uh, back and forth, but the Vikings emerged victorious, thankfully. A Bears team that's clearly tanking, but the Vikings made Justin Fields look like Michael Vick with his uh, running ability and such at times. Not Not super spectacular, but his accuracy, Justin Fields, was really excellent and had me coming out of the game thinking, okay, you know, Justin Fields is a guy the Bears fans shouldn't sleep on. You know, don't just trade him away or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, it, it depends, considering the Bears do have the number one pick in the draft. We'll have to wait and see how that all turns out. And we'll talk about that later. Now is not the time. As we're putting a bow on the uh, a purple bow on the 2020 season, Fields, Vikings defense made Fields look pretty good. And David Montgomery was solid as well. Not great, but solid. Um, yeah, David Montgomery had an overall pretty solid game against the Vikings. Delvin Cook had one of his better ones, almost or over five yards of carry, and got in the end zone twice. In fact, I would go as far as to say he was the player of the game outside of Justin Jefferson. The Vikings ended up escaping by only a touchdown over the Bears, a one-score game against a tanking Bears team, who actually was kind of decent at this stage. They were 2-2 two and two coming into the game, but as the season progressed, the Bears would drop off the map, and big surprise. Miami, another team, um, obviously started out the season 3-0. and Then you had all that weird concussion situation going on where it was like double concussion type of deal where to a point that I think uh, uh, Tua is going to have a short career. That's just my take. You know, I don't know if that's a hot take or just whatever it is. I think he's going to have a short career. I'm, I hate saying it. I, I really do. But, you know, but when he's good, he's good. The Dolphins were 3-0, and and this was their third loss in a row after all that, the concussion gate situation. Bridgewater looked below average in the game. Skylar Thompson was dangerous for a minute or two before he had a concussion. And then Bridgewater was kind of up and down. And I don't know, it's kind of sad to see how Bridgewater's been doing. Um, he's just not the same guy. He doesn't have the mobility he had, obviously. He showed signs of mobility for a minute here and there with the Saints and with the Broncos, but he looks old now, and it's sad. He's only like 30 at the stage of this game, but he looked old as hell, uh, considering, you know, like, like he's aged a lot, so to speak. Like the injury kind of had him age faster than normal, of course. And I'm sure, obviously, injuries with Delvin Cook, similar thing. He did average almost six yards a carry with a 53-yard scamper in the game to Delvin Cook. That brought his average way up. And then both uh, Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith had interceptions on, on uh, Teddy Bridgewater. 
This is the only game where the Vikings won by more than seven, basically, in like forever. We won by eight, which is still technically a one-score game, but you do have to have the two-point conversion, though, in order to, you know, tie the game up, so to speak. And the Dolphins were trailing until late, anyway, 24 to 10. This is one of the easier, more convincing wins by the Vikings, yet at the same time, we still looked like crap at, on occasion. Tyreek Hill, no peace sign really needed in the game, but both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell combined for about 300 yards. 300 yards receiving, which again shows how terrible the Vikings' uh, secondary scheme. The players may be not so good either, but the overall scheme of the secondary, not impressive whatsoever by this Minnesota Vikings' Donna Shell defense. You go into the bye feeling good about yourself, 4-1, and one, come back and beat Arizona by 8 points. Yay, an Arizona team that's pretty much dead. Not a very impressive win, but a win nonetheless. Vikings jump up to 6-1 and one on the season. Not 5-1, and one, but 6-1. and one. If I'm clicking on the right thing, I thought it was 5-1. and one. Okay, yeah, I beat the Bears 4-1, and one, Dolphins 5-1. and 6-1 and one upon beating the Arizona Cardinals. Vikings' massive winning streak uh, gets more massive. Well, it becomes a very massive win streak as the season progresses. Another game where it made the Cardinals look a little better than they were. Well, Kyler Murray would have a couple of INTs and, of course, draw the ire and the, you know, basically like a taunting penalty on um, Patrick Peterson because Patrick Peterson kind of wanted to tell Kyler Murray what's, you know, what's what's up, so to speak, after his interception. Because him and Kyler Murray really didn't like each other very much, apparently. Like, let's just say Patrick Peterson didn't like the way Kyler Murray carried himself while he was still a veteran on the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray kind of came in all cocky, like he could do whatever. And, eh, I don't know. DeAndre Hopkins, we made him look like a superstar, and he is a great receiver. 159 yards and a TD in the game, but the Vikings secondary roasted and toasted once again as Ronald Moore and DeAndre Hopkins have combined for, gosh, 260 yards. That's wonderful. 260 yards for two receivers again. <laughs> it was 300 last game. J.J. Watt with a couple of sacks in his final season in the NFL. Got a couple of sacks on Kirk Cousins. Cousins was okay. The Vikings would escape with another kind of sort of one-score win with an eight-point victory, 34-26. to You felt good with the record, but like, okay, we beat them by this much, I guess. Washington, <clears throat> Vikings would head to the nation's capital. Yeah, I don't even want to get into anything beyond that. Um, the Washington Redskins looked excellent in this game. Their defense was frustrating. Uh, had me screaming and yelling at this TV and all that stuff. Uh, Nick Mullins would come in for a play because Kirk Cousins would be knocked out pretty bad, pretty bad for a minute there. And I don't know if the wind got knocked out of him. It was something like that. But that Washington defense made the Vikings look terrible <clears throat> for stretches, keeping us to seven points until late in the game. 17-7. to seven, I thought this thing was over early in the fourth quarter. And the Vikings defense, again, mediocre as ever. Um, but again, this Washington offense, nothing to... Nothing to write home about at all. Like, they're not going to win any awards for 150 passing yards and 44 receiving and all that and rushing. But, uh, you know, at the same time, we still made them look halfway decent on occasion. But the Vikings were the comeback kids this year <laughs> during the course of the season until playoff time, of course. A 13-point run for the Minnesota Vikings to escape Washington with the win, 20-17, to in a game that felt like, whew, it was a close one. It was extremely scary. Um, again, that Washington defense really was something and extremely frustrating off and on throughout the game. Well-coached defense. I mean, we'll give them credit, Ron Rivera and all that. Uh, Washington, did I call them the Redskins? I really hope I didn't. They're the commanders. And I apologize. 
I mean, to me, they're, yeah, I mean, they they were the Redskins since, what, the, the 20s? So, early, early 30s? It's way back in the day, like 80, 90 years ago. So, it is what it is. They're the Washington Commanders, and I apologize <coughs> for saying the name incorrectly. Uh, the Vikings would get a drive that would end up leading to a game-winning field goal by Greg Joseph. Thank God. 28-yarder. No miss or anything crazy like that. Greg Joseph was generally clutch in those moments. He had a 25-yarder that put the Vikings within seven at one point, and then Kirk Cousins was able to lead the Vikings to tie it up and ultimately win the game. Vikings clutched down the stretch against a Washington team that was a little better than some people thought, but at the same time, kind of a cute little team that could. Not an actual good team at all. Uh, Vikings jumped to 7-1 and one as the winning streak continues. Now the real test. Okay, you got past the Washington team that was better than we thought, and they punched you in the mouth and punched you again in the mouth, and you still survived and ended up winning by three on the road in Washington. Now you got to go to Buffalo. They're the best team in the league. A lot of people think they're going to end their drought and win the Super Bowl this year. And the Vikings <laughs> had a bit of a back-and-forth with Buffalo. It was a back-and-forth battle. Off and on throughout this game, you thought Buffalo had it in the bag. Like They're the better team. They're probably going to win. Impressive first drive by the Vikings to get that touchdown and all that. Finishing to Justin Jefferson, who would make the play of the season, maybe the play of the decade in this game. Vikings would fall down 14-7, 17-7. But the Vikings just kind of still hung in there just slightly. Josh Allen with multiple turnovers in the game. Kirk Cousins attempted 50 passes. He had multiple turnovers, interceptions in the game. Neither quarterback had great numbers. It's that, you know, the Calcutta Clipper, as Dennis Green once called it. Alberta Clipper. Sorry, Dennis, but uh, God rest his soul. Alberta Clipper. That's what he meant, I'm sure. Even though Alberta's nowhere near um, Buffalo. Around here, Alberta's a little closer. That's a north, freezing cold northwesterly wind in the winter or fall, I suppose, and maybe early spring. Um, Alberta Clipper. Okay, I said it 50 times. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Buffalo again, 17 to 7. But the Vikings would just kind of hang in, hang in. 24 to 10. You thought this thing is done. It's over. Going into halftime, trailing 24 to 10. They're the best team in the league. This is just like the Eagles game now. They're just beating us up. 27 to 10. They would score another point. Uh, they would score another uh, field goal late in the third quarter. They kept the Vikings to 10 points for as long as they did. 27 to 10. Like, we're done, right? There's no way we're coming back. And then Delvin Cook ended up getting into the end zone. Just a few minutes, just like on, on basically on the ensuing play, 81 yards to pay dirt. And it's like, okay, we're, we're in the game now. We're within 10. Going into the fourth quarter, okay, there's always a chance. And the Vikings would eventually, <laughs> with a back-and-forth battle with Buffalo, off and on during the course of that fourth quarter, would keep Buffalo out of the end zone, which, well, is why we won the game. Let's just keep it plain and simple. Um, and Josh Allen would make mistakes and such. C.J. Ham got in the end zone on a short yardage play. Oh, my God, we're within four. Like, how could this be happening? We're within four with the best team in the world. The Buffalo's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Their drought's going to end. No, it's not. Um, and the Vikings had the uh, Buffalo Bills pinned at the goal line. And somehow, by some miracle... <laughs> Josh Allen fumbles the snap. Eric Hendricks does his best play of the season by far, recovered the fumble for a touchdown, which was unbelievable. 49 seconds remaining, the Vikings score a touchdown. And obviously Greg Joseph made the field goal, and the Vikings are suddenly up by three. Paul Allen said, the Vikings are going to win and all that, but it's like, well, because he was just in that excited moment. Still 49 seconds left, and of course the Bills drive down the length of the field and ultimately get a chip shot 29-yard field goal to tie it up. It's like, God, 
come on, all that, and they tied it up. Of course they did. But then the Vikings again survive over time. Greg Joseph, 33-yard field goal to win the game. And again, Justin Jefferson had one of the plays of the absolute greatest plays of the entire season late in that fourth quarter. That was a huge reason why the Vikings ended up, you know, tying and winning the football game. It was a play for the ages, and of course it's all over YouTube. You can check it out forever. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it was the game of the season. This was the feature presentation, no doubt about it. And now, our feature presentation. And of course, when you have an emotional high with a game like that, a game like that, just like the Minneapolis Miracle and this and that, you follow it up with a absolutely putrid performance versus the Dallas Cowboys the next week, 40-3. to three. Is there any more to say? Kirk Cousins basically strip-sacked very early in the game. Um, and I don't know. And it was just kind of downhill from there. What more was there to say about the game? We just got our butts kicked. Micah Parsons, a strip-sack, officially two sacks in the game. Demarcus Lawrence with a sack, uh, Dante Fowler with a sack, but the strip sack was kind of like the early indicator, like, this is not going to go well, and nothing, the Vikings never recovered in the game, it was an absolute poop fest, to, to say the least. Nick Mullins would uh, enter the game late and help the Vikings get on the scoreboard. Well, no, he didn't. It was not that. The Vikings never actually got back on the scoreboard, but Mullins would be out there putting the Vikings in, in range and such, but ultimately end up losing the game and getting nowhere. 40-3 to loss. The Vikings did tie it up 3-3, three to three, and they thought, okay, maybe we'll be fine despite the awful start to the game. Um, it was a miracle that our defense, the red zone defense, kept the Cowboys out of the end zone after the strip sack. But after that, again, things just went downhill. Prescott had his moments. Zeke Elliott was, you know, like young again and good, I guess, for a, for a game. And the Vikings were awful. But generally, unfortunately, the rest of the season, as amazing as that Buffalo game was, and, and as good as the Vikings' record would become as the season progressed, it didn't really matter for a hill of beans because, unfortunately, a lot of us wish, I wish so much this team could win the Super Bowl. I wish so much this team could, um, you know, first get to the Super Bowl and then ultimately win it. To get back to the Super Bowl is a big, would be a massive step because we haven't been there in over 40 years. But to actually win the darn thing, it would have been so awesome. But, of course, again, that Buffalo game... <clears throat> Would I mean, I think the Vikings' record would continue to get better, but I mean, barely beating the, the New England Patriots, the Jets, barely uh, getting whooped by Detroit, barely beating a Indianapolis Colts team, but in historic fashion. We'll come back to that. Um, let's just keep moving. But the 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 shine never really truly came back after that Buffalo game. You never really saw the excellent the excellence that you saw by the Vikings in Buffalo. We would beat New England on Thanksgiving Day, which was wonderful. And that would help kind of dash and slow New England's chances of making the postseason. 33-26 to 26 in a fairly impressive fourth quarter. 10 to nothing fourth quarter. The Vikings were trailing in this game, too. The Vikings were trailing against this mediocre Patriots team on multiple occasions, but never by too much. Down by three, three times in the game. But the Vikings would ultimately survive, and that was great. Justin Jefferson completed an 11-yard pass. Woohoo! We also uh, made an amazing uh, feat of allowing Mac Jones to throw for almost 400 yards in the game, despite the fact Mac Jones is about as mediocre as it gets. And this is when the Donna Shell defense would really, we, we would really see it for real. Even though it happened versus Buffalo and Dallas, New England, the Jets game, what was it, the fourth or fifth game, the Vikings would give up over 400 passing yards. It's just ridiculous. It was pitiful. It was awful. Um, it was one of the worst... Uh, things you ever saw. 
Um, not necessarily 400 passing yards, but 400 total yards, and it was well, well, well over that, almost 500. Mike White, Mike White, would pass for 369 yards. The Jets are known for their defense and winning games 6-3. to three. Like, really good defense, an offense that, like, is forgettable beyond belief. Garrett Wilson, 162 yards. 162 yards by Garrett Wilson. Zonovan Knight, 90 yards on the ground. 90 yards on the ground. <clears throat> one of the worst, one of the weaker offensive teams in the NFL would have, like, 500 total yards. It was absolutely embarrassing. And Vikings end up surviving 27-22 to in a game that, uh, against basically second and third stringers on offense, don't know what to tell you. Follow it up with getting our butts kicked in Detroit, 34-23. to Vikings dropped to 10-3 now. Again, the Callaway game and the Eagle game were, were both terrible games. The Callaway game was the worst of them all. And the uh, Detroit game, what a mess. The Vikings just got pounded and knocked into the ground, and Detroit suddenly becomes a team that looks like a playoff team. Kirk Cousins was good in the game, but that was kind of classic Kirk. He'd always do well against Detroit. 425 yards and two touchdowns because Detroit's defense isn't any good either. But I guess good when it matters. Their offense is really what gets it done. 330 yards, three touchdowns like Jared Goff. And Detroit looked almost perfect at times in this game compared to the Vikings. And the Vikings gave up another million yards in a game versus whether the quarterback is a pro bowler or not. It was happening. 300 plus yards. And then the historic uh, leading into Christmas week game. Because, yep, you get the... Those of us that might have taken that, that week off, just to, just because it's a nice time to take a week off, you know, leading into Christmas. And you have a Saturday afternoon game, and it's like, uh, why couldn't it just be Sunday? Saturday afternoon, that's not football time, is it? But okay, what the heck. <laughs> the Vikings started out the game like against the Dallas Cowboys, like we were going to get crushed, absolutely crushed. We didn't even have the field goal like we did against Dallas to make it 3-3 three to three early on as the Colts' defense was frustrating and stymieing and made Kirk Cousins look like a moron. But then as the game progressed, Kirk Cousins started getting yards. And it was kind of like a prevent defense by the time the score was 33 to nothing in the second half. But the Colts, again, just kind of did whatever they wanted. Hilarious, sad, and pathetic. Uh, part of it was the turnovers. Part of it was just bad defense. But the Colts would take a 33 nothing lead into the halftime. And I said, what the hell? It's not like the Vikings are going to make a... And I put it on both social medias, Twitter and Facebook. It's not like the Vikings are going to make the greatest comeback in NFL history or anything. So it's like, whatever. I'm going to post the post-game thread right now. And it's going to be up there. You guys can rant away. So I'm just going to... And I literally put that in the post-game thread for uh, Facebook. Little did I know. <laughs> Little did I know the Vikings would make the greatest comeback in NFL history. I guess a terrible Colts team. This was not a really good Houston Oilers team in Buffalo back in 92. So this game had a lot less meaning than the than that playoff game. And it turned out it really did mean a whole lot less. Because that Buffalo team went to the Super Bowl. Ultimately, it got hammered by the Cowboys, and that was too bad. Because I hate the Cowboys. And I kind of like Buffalo a little bit. You know, I like this Buffalo team more sometimes, sometimes not as much. I don't know. Whatever it is. But the Vikings would make a comeback. Unfortunately, the Colts would finally score again to make it <laughs> to make it 36. But then again, that was actually midway through the third quarter. The Vikings trail 33 to nothing, 33 to seven, and this was midway through the third quarter. The Vikings finally scored their first points of the game. That's what's so impressive. <laughs> um, McLaughlin again was able to make a 52-yard kick. What the heck? 36 to seven. The Colts were done scoring, thankfully, at that stage. 
the Vikings would end up with 39 points. Kirk Cousins clutch, Kirk Cousins completing passes. The Colts kind of, I don't know, lackadaisical defensively, and the Vikings took advantage of it time and time and time and time and time and time again. And ultimately scored 39 points going into overtime and winning the game. There were a few close calls that thankfully went the Vikings' way, and we appreciate it very much. But uh, to outscore the Colts 39-3 in the second half is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. As terrible as the Colts are, starting, scoring 39 points against anybody is pretty damn impressive, especially when it's a quarter and a half. That's, like, unheard of. It just doesn't happen. Delvin Cook did have 95 yards on the ground, but Kirk Cousins 460 yards in the air. A couple of interceptions again during the early stages of the game that were terrible. K.J. Osborne was freaking awesome. It was a great game. And K.J. Osborne kind of is the spark plug, the guy that got things going, making the first big play to get the Vikings kind of like maybe, okay, we'll see what happens. Maybe there's a chance here. We'll do something. But at least K.J. Osborne will finally get somewhere. 157 yards in the air with his touchdown. Justin Jefferson, 123 yards. Delvin Cook, 95 yards receiving and a touchdown as well. Adam Thielen even got in the end zone. Um, but almost 500 yards throwing by Kirk Cousins and the Vikings win in the greatest comeback in NFL history. We thought, my God, we can beat anybody now. Even though the Colts are crappy and hapless and it's a mess and their their coach was not somebody you would want to write home about, let's just say, in Jeff Saturday. But the Vikings win. <clears throat> and then you have that beautiful, beautiful whiteout game. And it was a really cool idea. At first I'm like, why are we wearing white at home? That's kind of weird. But then you saw how they whited out the logo. And they way you know everything was just kind of different. It was like a reverse look of everything in the in the U.S. Bank Stadium, and it was kind of a combination of it's Christmas Eve, which it was another Saturday game, and we just gotten a pretty significant snowfall, but it was that nice cold white type of snow, not the wet heavy stuff. Some of you live in climates that you don't really see snow ever. Others maybe you only get the wet stuff, but we got that nice cold light snow that I appreciate so much so much when it's actually like cold out, which it was during that time. Most of December was freezing cold. It actually warmed up on New Year's Eve, which is the weirdest thing ever, because it's always freezing cold on New Year's Eve, but not this year. It was, it was like above freezing on New Year's Eve, which I've never seen. But the whole month of December was bitter cold this year. Uh, so when it did snow, you got the light stuff, which was really nice. The light, fluffy stuff that's easy to shovel. So there was a charm to it. There was quite a charm to that whole whiteout idea. And the Vikings end up winning... And with a great fourth quarter, they were trailing most of the way again, screwing around with this Giants team that looked like they might beat us. And then it's like, you know, this could easily be a playoff game at some point. The Giants were ahead in multiple occasions. Um, but at the same time, the Vikings looked like the better team, but only by a very thin margin. That's the one thing. It was 10 nothing at one point. It was a very thin margin, but you figure the Vikings can beat this team. I mean, you know, they're just, just mediocre. Saquon Barkley's a pretty good running back. The defense is okay at times, but sometimes it's not. Uh, it's more of an offensive coach, of course, and Daniel Jones had a great day, though, because every quarterback has great days against this Vikings defense, and the Donna Shell, Donna Hell defense wasn't going to get the job done. But it was a charming, charming game going into Christmas Eve, and ultimately those of us that would go to church and all that and hold up the candle singing Noel, <laughs> it was pretty cool, and all that, and Silent Night, that's the ultimate one. Um, that's the last song usually that people would sing, Silent Night, and that's what it was, you know, it's Christmas Eve is Silent Night, um, and it was a beautiful, just an overall beautiful Christmas Eve, and unfortunately, little did we know what a disappointment this matchup would be when we would kick off in the postseason later on, and how early the exit was. 
well, the Vikings would get hammered by a Green Bay Packers team 41-17 to in a game that just felt like from the get-go the Vikings weren't going to win this game. Nick Mullins completed all four of his passes, including a touchdown, so he had a perfect quarterback rating in garbage time, which is cute. At least the Vikings scored late, but the Packers just kind of were all over the Vikings and the multiple interceptions by Kirk Cousins and nothing seemed to work, and the Packers just were all over Minnesota as they were trying to hang in there at 8-8. Eight and eight. Maybe there was a small chance they could make the postseason. Vikings get to 12-4, and four, ultimately would finish the season at Chicago. Usually it's in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium or Metrodome or whatever, but at Chicago, Vikings will win comfortably 29-13, where the Bears would ultimately get the number one pick in the draft, thanks to Houston winning a game that a lot of their fans were probably hoping they wouldn't. <laughs> um, a comfortable win by the Vikings. You figure, okay, it's kind of a preseason game. Nick Mullins would enter and complete uh, 11 of 13 passes but throw an interception. Nathan Peterman was the quarterback of the Bears. Tim Boyle would throw multiple interceptions. It was just kind of a preseason game. Obviously, no uh, no Justin Jefferson. Oh, no, he did play for a short time. Jefferson and Cousins did play for a short time but were sat out in the second quarter. Uh, Madison got the got uh, carries and all that. Yep. So yeah, of, of course, Cook played and he fumbled in the game. That figures. But the Vikings would escape with a comfortable win over a Bears team that was ready to get the number one pick in the draft. And then came the playoff game, and um, things did not go so well, unfortunately. 31-24. to Most of the way, the Vikings were... It just felt like the Vikings were behind the eight ball in this entire game, despite a solid start to the game, going up 7 nothing. The Giants would answer very quickly, and then they take the lead, and, I don't know, Vikings uh, never got the lead back. Vikings trailed most of the way, finally tied it up early in the second quarter, or, excuse me, early in the fourth quarter, pardon me, but then the offense just stunk after that. Again, the, the Giants would score a touchdown by Saquon Barkley to go up by seven again, and the Vikings offense just kind of stunk the rest of the way and couldn't get the job done, the Bears. Or the, the Bears, the Giants, escape with a win. Another 300-yard game by Daniel Jones. We'll see if he winds up getting franchise tagged by the Giants. That's kind of the talk. That's probably what's going to happen. TJ Hawkinson was also was great against the Giants in both games, the whiteout game and in this one, 129 yards. But at the end of the day, the Vikings did not get the job done and ultimately end up losing it. TJ Hawkinson, a wonderful acquisition during the course of the season. I apologize for not bringing that up during the time it actually happened because it was a mid-season transaction or in-season transaction. So now I've got to kind of go back, back, back into the calendar here to see when it exactly happened because sometimes I get kind of... There it is, yep. Uh, November 1st. Oh, yep, that was before the Buffalo game. A couple days, a couple weeks before the Buffalo game, actually. But a nice, solid win by the minutes. Or yeah, the Vikings would end up. Uh, that was right when the Vikings were playing well, but needed a tight end because Irv Smith was out. The Washington game was uh, Hawkinson's first with Minnesota. Yep, and he would. Yeah, he would make nine catches, and his first game was a Viking with seventy yards. So yeah, that was extremely exciting. Uh, hopefully, the Vikings can sign him to an extension in the off season. Obviously, a wonderful acquisition. Some of you may actually pick that as the most uh, biggest as the biggest surprise. I'm guessing that's not going to win, though, at the end of the day. But it's just sad. It's just sad to think how a team could be so clutch, make the greatest comeback in NFL history, even though it was a crappy team. It's still, you know, coming back from 33 down. That just doesn't happen. To finish with 13-4, and four, not even get to the second round. And even losing in the second round is disappointing, really, when you have a season like that and, and talent like this Vikings team had. Uh, Zadaria Smith, as the season progressed, would get weaker and weaker after like a knee injury uh, earlier in the season. He was never the same again. 
It was very mediocre. I don't know if the Vikings should bring him back, and we'll talk about that more in the second uh, segment and all that. Garrett Bradbury was a nice uh, surprise. Duke Shelley was a nice surprise and all that. Garrett Bradbury played very well um, most of the season, but then he had a back injury as the season progressed. So super frustrating there. Um, Time to pass out the awards and demerits for this show. Or dare I say, for this season. That might sound a little more appropriate. <laughs> the awards and demerits for the season. The MVP is Justin Jefferson in my book, and so far he's unanimous on the Yahoo poll, but, or excuse me, the uh, Twitter poll, but I'm going to leave that where it is. I'm not going to tell you about the others necessarily. The other candidates that I have up, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Christian Derrissaw, Daniel Hunter. Um, this is on Twitter, of course, at Purple Mafia Show. Those were your candidates, but Justin Jefferson, yep. Yeah. That's the only one I'm going to say about, like, uh, he's, he's going to get it. Everybody knows that. Uh, biggest disappointment for 2020. Why did I put 2023? 2022. That's dumb. And, unfortunately, you can't edit, but they'll get the idea, I'm sure. Uh, Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, Zadarius Smith after the knee, or Jordan Hicks. Um, all good candidates for biggest disappointment, in my opinion, but my vote goes to Eric Kendricks. Uh, again, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, MVP, biggest disappointment, Eric Kendricks. Too much of a drop-off during the course of the season. Massive drop-off. Zadarius Smith, it was an in-season drop-off after a great start. Huge disappointment the rest of the year. And considering the Vikings can save, what, like 9 to $12 million in cap space if they move on from Zadarius, they probably will, unless there's a big pay cut or something. Uh, biggest surprise candidates. And, of course, you can always mention different ones. <clears throat> Duke Shelley, Garrett Bradbury. Duke Shelley was quite a surprise, wasn't he? T.J. Hoggison, uh, the T.J. Hoggison trade and how well he did afterward. And Brian Osamoa, the second, was a nice um, surprise, I thought, generally speaking. Obviously a great athlete, but when he does play, it's like, whoa, he could probably be a starter, <clears throat> which is really cool. But for me, it's by far and away Duke Shelley. I don't think anybody on the planet thought this uh, waiver wire acquisition from the Bears, a team that's, like, quitting, basically, uh, would end up being as good as he is. He was excellent during the course of the season. He was probably the most, by the end of the year, he was probably the best cornerback we had during the course of the season overall. Duke Shelley, out of nowhere, ends up being an outstanding, you know, well, he was the, probably the best cornerback on the team. I won't say outstanding, but a very good cornerback for Minnesota. And appreciate him to death for what he was able to accomplish. Uh, those are my votes for the season, the awards, the demerits, this and that. Overall, a great season that ended up being a massive disappointment in the end. And just another typical Minnesota Vikings letdown. All too familiar, as I called it at the time. And that one actually did pretty good, that, that episode. as That's what it was. All too familiar. The 92 Vikings, 11-5. and five, Really looked good. Unbelievable defense that forced turnovers. An offense that could be really fun with Chris Carter, who was emerging. Anthony Carter was still good. Terry Allen, who had 15 touchdowns. 15 touchdowns. A great offensive line. Great offensive line. Great defensive line. Secondary with Todd Scott. You know, Carl Lee was still around. You know, I mean, it was so good. Such an impressive team. Uh, Jack Del Rio. Al Noga. Great players on that team on both sides of the ball. Fodervez, great kicker. You know, you could just go on all day. And then you, you score a touchdown early on against the Washington Redskins, which is what they were called at the time. And you never score again, and you lose 24-7. to And, yep, that was my first... Uh, that was my first experience of Vikings disappointment as a full-time fan. Of course, losing to the Redskins, the same team, in 1987. I did see that, unfortunately, how that unfolded and was heartbreaking as well. With uh, just a pass that was a little low 
and Darren Nelson not able to bring it in, which could have potentially tied the game and forced OT, and who knows, maybe by a miracle the Vikings make it, and if they do, they win the Super Bowl because that that Denver team was not good enough to beat the Vikings. They got destroyed by Washington in the 87th Super Bowl, so there it is. Um, all too familiar, all too familiar. You get Warren Moon, you're really excited, and you get crushed by the Bears in the playoffs. Um, 97, things looked super promising. You know, you get, pull off a miracle win over the Giants and get crushed by San Francisco. 98, the season of a lifetime. A season that happens once every 30, 40, 50, 60 years. A 15-1 season. That's just, you know, historic numbers. Rookie of the year of all time. The greatest rookie maybe that ever lived in Randy Moss. Randall Cunningham, comeback player of the year. MVP candidate. Uh, Robert Smith finally stays healthy and was unbelievable. A defense that, well, had John Randall and, and other nice players. Great offensive line. The defense was questionable, no doubt, by that stage because a lot of those great players were gone from the earlier 90s and 80s and stuff. But a team that went 15-1, and one, you know, the only team that they might lose to is some obnoxious grinded-out team like the Bucks, or, yes, the Atlanta Falcons. And they did. The Vikings end up getting heartbroken by the Falcons. It's like you could just go on all day. That's why it's all too familiar and all too dang frustrating as a Minnesota Viking fan. With that said, um, that's my feeling on the season. Just kind of same old crap, uh, despite a fun, fun run. It was very enjoyable, but it was a very devastating end. With that said, we'll wrap up with that and come back and talk about the future now. Hopefully this <laughs> the disappointment finally ends one of these years. Hopefully as soon as next season. We shall wait and see. Free agency and draft conversation coming up after this. back here on Purple Mafia, State of the Vikings 2023, segment number two, going to look at free agency and the draft, but first, speaking about draft, let's talk about DraftKings, our sponsor here on Purple Mafia and the Pigskin Podcast Network. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. And, of course, spring before summer, but you get the idea. That's how this goes. Uh, You can now throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Of course, basketball and hockey, which is what's the the two prominent sports at the moment, but baseball is right around the corner. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, uh, over-unders, and props, your betting options will feel endless. So, yes, uh, upcoming games, obviously, you know, you got the Timberwolves, (laughs) upcoming games, the Wild, uh, locally, who knows? Uh, just just keep your eye out. Of course, all the all the great NBA games on TNT, NHL games on TNT. Just keep it up. Keep up with those. And of course, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun to make some make some bets and parlays with those. Maybe uh, Kirill Kaprizov gets another hat trick. Somehow, I magically picked that on Brave the Wild that he would get a hat trick against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Once in a while, wonderful things can happen. That can be a huge payout. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, the Pigskin Podcast Network. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now we're going to jump into free agency and the salary cap situation. Of course, we're going to use a draft simulator like I did last year, thanks to... uh, uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, really love that draft simulator. It's a lot of fun and highly recommend you do it just for the just for the heck of it. Try not to get too addicted and lose hours and hours. Some people might end up doing that. Oh, let's see who I get this time. Yeah! You know, stuff like that. But unfortunately, the chance of the Vikings getting a franchise quarterback necessarily uh, for one to fall to us is slim, but I guess you never know. You never know. Miracles do happen sometimes, and of course... Second, third round, you never know what could happen there. Free agency, the salary cap situation. Uh, Kirk Cousins has a cap hit of $36,250,000. Adam Thielen, 19.967, basically $20 million cap hit. No chance that, that the Vikings go into the regular season with that. Ryan O'Neill's number three, but he's one of the, literally the bookends of that offensive line. Harrison Smith at 19.1. Now, Brian O'Neill's making 19.6 as well. Or, excuse me, his cap hit is 19.6. Uh, the dead cap is the important part. Uh, Kirk Cousins' dead cap is even worse than his cap hit. So, like, 48-7. Chances are the Vikings are going to let him ride it out. That's the chances are. Uh, there was a story this past week that the Vikings and Kirk Cousins both agree on they will not be doing the one-year extension deal. It's either going to be ride it out and see you, see you when we see you, you know, like at the end of the season, or give him a longer-term extension. But hopefully add a significant... Uh, significant drop in price like only 25 million dollars yeah it's it's only 25 million you know see 25 million i mean he's how's he gonna make it he he might not be able to put platinum plate on his plane you know i'm just kidding but still it's the money is ridiculous and if anybody's not willing to drop things down a tiny bit to help the you know get some more players i don't know i think it's dumb um, but the, the dead cap is the really important part of the math here when it comes to possibly moving on from a player because dead cap is dead cap. The dead cap with Kirk Cousins, 48.7. That's a lot. Uh, you'd completely dump Adam Thielen. You save approximately $6 million. $6 million. There is a dead cap of 13.5. Brian o- yeah, we're not going to move on from Brian O'Neill. Uh, Harrison Smith, you could potentially get him down. To, uh, you could potentially save about uh, about. Seven and a half million, approximately, with a dead cap of eleven seven ish. Zadarius Smith is the big one. You can save twelve million, and the way he dropped off, and apparently he's kind of not the best. He's not the best, you know. He's I don't know, maybe a little bit of attitude, a little bit of pride and attitude. So they say. Of course, maybe I shouldn't be jumping out and saying that too much, but that's what they say. Um, to me, I think Zadarius Smith is gone unless he comes back at a huge discount. If he flat out cut him you save uh, about $12 million. In fact, over $12 million. Delvin Cook, you flat out cut him. You save slightly under $8 million to the cap. Daniil Hunter, you're not cutting him. Obviously, the dead cap is significantly higher than his cap hit. Dead cap is 18.8. Cap hit is 13. Eric Kendricks, this is pretty much an adios bye-bye, and yeah, I voted him as the biggest disappointment last year. Cap hit of, okay, excuse me. His Let's go to the salary cap first. 11.43. His dead cap is 1.9. Hello? 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 Adios. <laughs> Adios. It is what it is. And it's not trying to be a jerk to him, but he's not coming back. He's just simply not. TJ Hawkinson, cap hit, and dead cap is the same, and hopefully the Vikings are going to extend TJ Hawkinson 
three to five years, anything like that. I could imagine him getting a five-year extension, seven-year extension, depending on how we look at him. But it's a good chance. Harrison Phillips, guys like that. Jordan Hicks, <clears throat> dead cap is only 1.5 versus a 6.5 salary cap. Jordan Hicks is gone. Justin Jefferson could be looking at a long-term massive extension as soon as this uh, offseason, and it's going to be interesting. Even C.J. Ham, you could save about $3 million by cutting him, but depending on how you look at your fullback position, I like the guy. I think a lot of people do. He's green eggs and ham. He's, uh, he's from Duluth and all that cool stuff. Christian Duracell, you wouldn't cut him if he held a gun to your head. That's how good he is. Uh, Ezra, Ezra Cleveland, no real reason to do that. Yes, you can save about $3 million of the cap, but it's Ezra Cleveland. He's okay, and he's not that expensive. Cap hit of 3.3. He might even be looking at an extension at sometime in the not-distant future. KJ Osborne, guys like that. No reason to move on from them. The hope is people like Louis Seen can uh, recover. Andrew Booth has been oft injured, and he was a massive disappointment as well. Massive, massive disappointment. This was a pretty crappy draft, to be quite fair. Uh, pretty crappy first draft. Obviously, Lewis Steen had the massive uh, uh, broken leg injury. So, uh, what was it, a compound fact, fracture type of thing. But it turns out he's recovered very nicely. Rager, I don't think he's coming back. About, you know, his cap hit is the same as his cap, 2.4. So, you're not saving anything. You know, you could bring him back, but I could imagine the Vikings upgraded that position. Ed Ingram, yeah, he's just a rookie, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't good as a rookie. Hopefully, he gets better. Brian Osamoa is pretty cool and exciting. Blah, 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 blah. Guys like James Lynch. I mean, if you let him go, you save a million and a million, basically. <laughs> no reason to really get rid of him. Um, Caleb Evans was a decent draft pick, apparently. Bynum was a nice pick a couple of years back. Josh Metellus really liked what he can do. No cap, uh, no dead cap at all. But, I mean, we're, we're not going to cut him. So there's just no real reason, unless he just doesn't make the team. That type of thing. Same with guys like Blake Brandle. Uh, Kyrus Tonga was actually a really nice surprise also. He was an honorable mention for a, a surprise of the year, I thought. Naylor was mediocre. You could go on forever. I don't need to look at every single free agent, or not free agent, but every single player on the Vikings roster with their cap hit. Um, Irv Smith, isn't he a free agent? Yeah, he's not even on here, is he? Sounds like they're saying he could make 10.3. Irv Smith for doing what? For doing what? I, I don't understand. Uh, the calculated market value is according to this, uh, sporttrack.com. Kirk Cousins, $43.2 million. Okay. Garrett Bradbury, 11.9. Do the Vikings bring Garrett Bradbury back, or do we look to upgrade that position in the offseason? It's like he finally got better, and then he got hurt. So that was really annoying. Jalen Rager, they're saying 4.6. Patrick Peterson, 6.4. He's a free agent. Tell him Tomlinson, Delvin Tomlinson, 8.4. Irv Smith, 10.3. For doing what again? So, I'm not really... I don't think the Vikings are in a huge rush to bring back Irv Smith. He's talented he, and stuff, but... And stuff. But at the in the grand scheme of things, he's kind of... He's not as, he's not that great. And you have TJ Hawkinson. I say just put that money towards TJ Hawkinson. Like, what's the point otherwise? Put the money towards TJ Hawkinson. I mean, that, that's what I would do. You don't need to give him $100 million or anything because Hawkinson's good, but he's not that great. Um... They're actually not, uh, they're not showing him in the calculated market value for some reason. But, yeah, he needs an extension. I don't think it's any kind of emergency right now. But, yeah, it would be nice to get an extension um, when it comes to uh, um, DJ Hawkinson, obviously. So to look at other potential free agents as we bounce around, free agency, free agents, departures, this and that, um... Case Keenum's a free agent. That's funny. 
Singletary, that's interesting. But yeah, that's Buffalo. I think he stays there, guys like that. Um, but this is kind of like the whole list and everything. We don't necessarily need that at the moment. Uh, you're more or less looking at... Uh, so that's kind of to look at everybody. But yeah, the top 101 free agents. There's conversation about the Vikings looking to get a wide receiver as a free agent, that type of thing. Um, Lamar Jackson, believe it or not, is out there. Geno Smith, guys like that. Those guys should get a bit of money. Um, Daniel Jones, yep, he may be franchise tag. Derek Carr has been released by the Oaktown Raiders. Carson Wentz released by the Washington Commanders yesterday. I think he's a backup quarterback now, unfortunately. It just is what it is. Uh, if you want to make a major upgrade at safety, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, possibly at age 25, but I doubt he'd, he'd be available. Bradbury, James Bradbury, uh, 30 years of age from the Eagles. Saquon Barkley. I don't think I could go that direction. I think he, Barkley stays with the uh, Bills, I'm guessing. He's, he's on the... Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think he stays where he is either way. Um... Mike McGlinchey, that was always an interesting name in the past, but I think the Vikings are good at book at the bookend position. Odell Beckham, that's okay. Uh, Jacoby Myers is a name that's been brought up. <clears throat> Great route runner. May cost a bit of money, obviously. Um, could fit into any offense as a number two or number three receiver. Um, he's the top free agent receiver in a lot of ways, but actually, yeah, yeah, he is. And you're not looking for him to be a number one necessarily. And obviously, you have Justin Jefferson. And you don't even want to think about uh, any possibility of not having Justin Jefferson. Juju Smith, Smith Schuster, age 26. Who knows what's going to happen with that one. Interesting possibility. Poor Jason Kelsey. I think I like him a lot more than his brother. I just do. Uh, Jimmy G is a free agent again at 31. We'll see what happens there. I don't think the Vikings are going to make any move on tight ends. I think we're good with our tight end. I really do. Um, not Jacoby, though. You have DJ Clark as a possible free agent. Speed sorely lacking in it, uh, the thin wideout mark and Clark. Yeah, he, he's got some speed, so that can definitely help. Um, Jacoby, though, that's another. Yeah, Jacoby seems to kind of come back in a lot of conversations as a free agent wide receiver. Jacoby Brissett, yeah, I like him actually as a, ba a backup quarterback. But, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Nick Mullins. Sticking with Nick Mullins as your backup quarterback. Um, I don't think, that, yeah, Darius Slayton is a name out there, 46 years of age. Yeah, solid player, obviously. Yeah, definitely had some good moments. And he's only 26 years of age, coming from the Giants. Um, kind of want to look at him for a second. Yeah, and obviously that's a team that knocked us out of the playoffs, because they just did. Uh, <laughs> obviously he had, some, he had some moments and all that, but... Uh, you know, he, uh, not a superstar, but eight touchdowns. That's pretty good. And, of course, again, it's not an offense that was all that prolific. Oh, he had eight touchdowns. I'm going backwards here in the wrong years here. But, yeah, every year around 700 yards. Only two touchdowns last year for some reason, despite the fact the Giants were better. But, yeah, it's like they're so they're talking about how he kind of was it's kind of restricted, kind of held back there in New York. Maybe he wouldn't mind coming to a Minnesota offense where things could really pick up in a hurry. Teddy Bridgewater's a free agent. I don't think he's uh, Teddy Two Gloves. That's a cute name. Don't think he'd be costing anybody $15 million anymore. I don't know. And unfortunately, he's he just wasn't the same guy, was he? Alan Lazard is a name that's been brought up. That'd be interesting to have him come to Minnesota from uh, Green Bay. <laughs> I'm not sure what Green Bay is going to do at wide receiver. And Aaron Rodgers is a strange guy. He went to a dark place or whatever that means. So he went into the dark. Again, whatever that means. It's more of like, look, you know, I, I want attention. That kind of thing, which can annoy people, I'm sure. 
Lazard, yeah, I mean, he doesn't necessarily move the needle, but yeah, the Jacoby guys like that. Man, Andy Dalton's 35 already. Then there's Devin Singletary. He's the one on the Bills. Saquon Barkley's on the, uh, I don't know why I get those two guys mixed up all the time. Robert Woods is another name, but um, an another year removed from ACL surgery at age 31. I don't know. Not in a huge rush for that one. Alexander Madison, of course, is a free agent. He's considered the 90th ranked. The 90th ranked um, free agent. Garrett Bradbury is ranked 92nd. That's kind of funny. So you finally get to some Vikings. Gardner Minshew is still only 27. It's funny, though. He was the quarterback when the Eagles actually lost a couple games other than the stinking Super Bowl. Irv Smith is a free agent, number 99, and I'm not in a huge worry about him. Nelson Aguilar, eh, you know, he's be a discount type of a player. Baker Mayfield, that's okay. So, Jacoby, yeah, I mean, guys like that are the people I'm looking at as a possible uh, wide receiver going forward. Again, you may have to pay a lot of money, but it's not like the, yeah, this isn't the Minnesota Wild or the Minnesota Timberwolves with massive salary cap issues. So, you know, so it's not as hard to believe that the Vikings could make a big move, and the Vikings have been known to do that forever. Of course, again, you're hoping Kirk Cousins can uh, come down a bit if he's going to stay, but who knows what happens. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I almost called him Jones. Yeah, he's an, he's an interesting one, and he'd be a wonderful number two to Justin Jefferson to have probably the best uh, receiver combo in the NFL, quite possibly, going forward. And he's a young guy just like Justin Jefferson. So it'd be pretty exciting. He's coming from the New England Patriots, six touchdowns, 804 yards on 64 catches. 83 catches in 2021 with only two TDs. Last year was definitely a career high in the touchdown factor. Crazy to think his first two years of the Patriots, where he amassed over 1,000 yards in the combined two seasons, zero touchdowns. Kind of weird. But um, he'd be a nice, nice addition. Would he want to leave the Patriots? Quite possibly. There's not a whole lot of exciting offense over there in New England anymore. Certain A certain legendary quarterback has been there for a few years already, so... Mac Jones is is okay. Uh, Jacoby Myers would be a very exciting free agent by the Minnesota Vikings, so they probably won't get him. But <clears throat> but chances, but there's always a possibility, and a hope that they could. Um, what was the other guy that was? Oh yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's he's you know, obviously a conversation. Maybe he wants to stay with the Chiefs to try to win another one. Frankly, I hope they disappear off the face of the planet. But that's just me because I can't stand the Chiefs. <laughs> Do I sound mean? I don't care. I'm I'm mean. <laughs> yep. Um, DJ Clark was on the uh, uh, Detroit Pistons. No, the Detroit Lions last year. Three touchdowns, 502 yards. With the Jaguars of all teams in 2019, he had 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns on 73 catches. So there's definitely something there. DJ Clark is a conversation, but Jacoby Myers is definitely the cream of the crop of free agents for wide receiver, and none of them are like this big number one guy, unless you see Odell Beckham as that way. He's 30 years old. He didn't even play last year, and I don't give a dang about him, so I think we move on from that. <clears throat> if you're looking at filling a lot of holes, possibly on defense, uh, via the draft, <clears throat> draft and free agency when it comes to defensive players, defensive backs, and safe, um, possibly a safety position, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings do sign a cornerback or two in free agency. Also, I mean, Patrick Peterson is considered the 39th-ranked uh, uh, defense, uh, or excuse me, cornerback. Otherwise, it's, you know, like a Jonathan Jones, pretty good. One of the best slot cornerbacks, if you're looking in that direction, Jonathan Jones at age 29. <clears throat> so, I mean, there's always a possibility. Money's not necessarily an issue for the Vikings when it comes to, you know, but, you know, and obviously you can make uh, make space. Uh, linebacker position definitely needs a major upgrade 
one way or another. It'd be exciting if the Vikings were to sign like a big, big name, like a Tremaine Ed- Edmonds, but I, I just kind of doubt that's going to happen. Anything crazy like that. But it sure would be exciting should, be the, should the Vikings head in that direction by some miracle. Quarterback is a position I don't expect the Vikings to make a move in, unless, of course, you know, we're completely letting go of Kirk Cousins. Then maybe Jimmy Garoppolo or something. Teddy Bridgewater is a backup. Maybe make a move for Daniel Jones, but that's just that's not any long-term solution of any kind <clears throat> moving forward, so why would you even consider it? So, um, Vikings obviously need a major upgrade at linebacker. There's just no doubt about it. Robert Woods, Nelson Aguilar, Shepard, DJ Clark, guys like that. Um, some of them made a lot of money last year. Jacoby Myers only made 3.9, and i got to think you're looking at 10-ish for him, if not more. Jarvis Landry's an older guy now, over 30. Still like him. I wouldn't mind making a move for him, possibly, as a wide receiver for uh, a veteran and all that. But Jacoby Myers is definitely my top uh, target for free agent. Julio Jones is 34 and way past his prime. Um, he was great when he was around. Um... Robert Woods, yeah, he made a lot of money last year, and he's already 31, so I don't know. It's not anything I'd be in a huge rush to do. Uh, Alan Lazard, 27 years of age. So wide receiver, I keep obsessing over wide receiver, and I apologize. Linebacker position is a huge one. I think the Vikings obviously need to quite positively look at outside linebacker, inside linebacker. Um, hmm, That's, yeah, outside linebackers. They're not much of a... Not much of a crop here at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, some younger guys that you maybe you get somewhere. Uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. No, he's not young. He's 30-plus. But uh, other ones like uh, Lorenzo Carter, possibly. So not a whole lot of money uh, invested in those guys last season. Yep. Deion Jones, 28 million. Or 28 years of age, not 28 million. Devin Bush, <laughs> That'd be a really nice one, but yeah, to Tremaine Edmonds, I really liked what he could do. He's only he's only turning 25 coming up here, so some intriguing possibilities at the linebacker position. Otherwise, again, draft away and hope for the best. Uh, you can't always count on just rookies all over the place, but boy, that linebacker core was another disaster last year. But of course, uh, there's a good strong possibility we'll be 3-4 again, though I do believe that, uh, that uh, Brian Flores will do a better job with that 3-4 defense than uh, Ed Donatel did last year. So, definite conversations ongoing with free agency. Hopefully the Vikings can fill some of these holes. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings add a veteran <coughs> cornerback of some sort. They probably they always they always seem to add at least one or two of those, one way or another, whether we like the guy or not. <laughs> um, you know, we had some disastrous ones. Eli Apple, he's only 27, 27-ish. See, man, he's been on like 50 teams already. Yeah, and he had that crucial call against him. He gets a lot of penalties, doesn't he? He's not a real expensive guy. I don't mind him, but he's talented. But, yeah, he gets penalized, like, at the worst time. <laughs> and it's not the first time either. It's happened against us, I believe, a couple of times. Patrick Peterson, he just keeps getting older and older, even though he was really good last year. Is there a chance the Vikings bring him back? That'd be nice, but I'm not completely sure what's going to happen with him at the end of the day. Um... But, yeah, Vikings probably will bring in a cornerback of some kind. Uh, linebacker, you have to probably bring in, like, one or two at least, a veteran or two. Maybe you keep <clears throat> Zadarius Smith and get his money down, quite possibly, because his cap hit is just too freaking high. Have to do a restructure of some sorts, or just flat out let him go. 
<clears throat> I'd take a chance on Zedarius Smith over a Eric Kendricks at the end of the day when it comes to the linebacker position, unless Eric Kendricks wants to make like $3 million a year. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, just, I don't know, man. And uh, Delvin Cook, I mean, he says he doesn't he doesn't plan to restructure. Maybe you write him out another year, but I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> I, I think going young at the, at the running back position is the smart way to go via the draft and hope for the best, but because... I mean, running running game is important and everything, but it's certainly not the end all, the do all end all of offense. Especially when you have already have probably the best receiver in the league, and maybe you can add another really good one. Um, running backs can be had, and we have other running backs in the stable, so to speak. I'm not sure if you have a future starter in Kenny Nwangwu or uh, Ty Chandler or anything, but who knows? Maybe Ty Chandler does become a really good player at some point in the not too distant future. Um, and again, you don't have to have the best running game in the NFL to win a championship anymore. You know, this isn't, it's not Emmett Smith and Terrell Davis. As much as I like Terrell Davis very much, it's just, it's a different era, whether you like it or not. It just is. Uh, let's get to the mock draft simulator. PFF.com, PFF.com. The Vikings will pick 23rd, so we're going to leave everything where it is. Possibly trades will happen, this and that along the way. The Bears are number one. I think I just said that. Select the Vikings. Enter Le Drafto. This tends to move quickly, though. That's the one thing. <laughs> So I'm going to start the draft now. Of course, it goes boom, 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 boom. I wish it went that fast in the NFL <laughs> draft. <clears throat> and then you could just sit there. So Will Will Anderson Jr. went number one. Interesting to the Bears. Interesting. Yeah, edge rusher Bryce Young to the uh, Houston Texans. Both coming out of Alabama. That figures. <laughs> Another edge rusher. Will, Lev Will Levis goes to the Colts. Okay, cool. Edge rusher to Detroit. C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State to the Raiders. They definitely need a quarterback, and they probably will take one. Same with Carolina. Anthony Richardson. So looking at all the different quarterbacks along the way. Tampa, oh yeah, Miami forfeited their pick, apparently. And the Minnesota Vikings now have <laughs> defensive line Kalaje Kansi. Zay Flowers, a wide receiver, Boston College. Uh, Kansi's from Pittsburgh. And Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. Um, maybe we go with Zay Flowers? I don't know, but it's like, that defense is so bad. Zay Flowers, yep, he's, he's, a, he's a name that's been floating around. Of course, there's all kinds of receivers possibly popping up. And, shoot, I had mock drafts up, and I, <laughs> I thought I did. Other mock drafts are what teams are taking. I'm going to mess around really quick <clears throat> do actual regular mock drafts to see what uh, the experts are taking just for the heck of it just for fun and you know obviously the PFF one is a lot of fun there's a two round one from PFF of their own and what does it have keep going down 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 I apologize for my delay yep Deontay Banks Maryland so yep I, yep, I, I actually took him in a previous draft simulator that's Probably not a bad one, you know. Uh, they say, yep, six foot two, two hundred and five pound bank stands out as man coverage outside cornerback. Yeah, that's good. Uh, he does lack consistency when it comes to mirroring off press coverage, but when he's in sync, he's one of the best cover cornerbacks in the class. Vikings need to invest in a player like that on the outside. Bottom line, Banks has all the physical traits of an all pro cornerback. He just needs to be more consistent with his technique. Don't we all? Don't we all? So I'm probably yeah. I mean that's who I took last time. I was messing around. Where do they have Zay Flowers going exactly? I don't see him. I think I went too high. Uh, 
Joey Porter Jr. That's kind of cool. All these juniors, yeah, of players that we remember in the past. <clears throat> Jordan Addison's been coming has come to the Vikings in a couple. That's one that's been brought up. Sorry for clearing my throat every ten seconds. I don't know. It's like I have a frog in my throat today. Uh, so I'll just uh, I'm gonna probably go with the cornerback because of what it is. The situation for the Vikings is probably a safe move. What the devil? Come on, man. Now it's not gonna. I just okay. You just close it. Okay, sorry. So I will take Deontay Banks. And there you go, Dante, Deontay Banks, round two. I don't think the Vikings have a second round pick. We traded it, right? So, go to round three, unfortunately. <laughs> and here we go. Nathaniel Dell is a wide receiver. Carl Brooks. Da, 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 da. So, I like to look at this kind of stuff. Yeah, there's no immediate quarterback floating around, so that's unfortunate. Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver. Well, I mean, you might as well give that a shot, see what happens. <laughs> I mean, yep. Vikings need defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback. Well, I took a cornerback. Carl Brooks is the top guy in this one. There's another cornerback. If you really want to go hardcore in that category, you got multiple running backs, defensive linemen. It's just no quarterback. That's every damn draft. It's like just a couple, a few quarterbacks are taken in the first round, and then it's like slim pickings after that, and hoping for the best. Should I take my chance on uh, Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green as an edge rusher? And uh, maybe add a little pass rush. Let's bring him in. Yeah, got that edge rush going. We only have two picks remaining. Boy, gone are the days of Rick Spielman with his 19th, 7th round picks. This is round five. Michael Wilson, da-da-da. Gosh, you can't even go for a uh, developmental quarterback here. This is sucky. You can find the next uh, Brock Purdy. That'd be nice. I'm not going to take another wide receiver. Well, I talked about a running back, Dwayne McBride. Dwayne McBride. As I go in that direction, I think I will. Let's try Dwayne McBride and give him, the, give him a university up. UAB coming in. Yep, so we will go with him. <laughs> another pick coming up, and it's the last one already. Uh, let's go with the linebacker. Oh, otherwise, you get Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Ooh. Otherwise, Dorian Williams, linebacker. Should I take a shot on Aiden O'Connell? Just like Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell and O'Connell. Will it be magic for the Minnesota Vikings? Will it be a magical pick for the Vikings? I, I got to think the Vikings move around and add some picks along the way. Heck, we might trade some players around before that or even during the draft, some current players on the roster. For me, it's a team, the linebacker out of Tulane, Dorian Williams, or Aiden O'Connell. Obviously, both major needs. I did take a linebacker already, didn't I? But... I mean, you know, odds are that Aiden O'Connell, you're just, you know, it might be the pick of the century. Otherwise, take a chance on the linebacker. That's where I'm going, Dorian Williams. And that should be it. Several picks going, but they're just flying through. We'll see how I grade in the draft. <laughs> Offer a trade to get that quarterback. That'd be cool. Yep, no trades were proposed to me. I'm sure the Vegas will have plenty of trade proposals. Let's see how I grade it out here. B plus. Well, hey, come on, get this. A-plus, yeah, they said I was A-plus for taking Nathaniel Dell at wide receiver in the third round, 87th overall. Cool. The overall draft grade, A. I got an A-plus for the Dorian Williams pick. I probably would have gotten like a C for that quarterback. So, yeah, we, uh, in, in my draft, we addressed a lot of defense here and offense, a lot of positions that could be helpful. 
DeAndre Brooks, they say, is a B-plus pick at cornerback. Wide receiver Nathaniel Dell, A-plus pick. Thank you for that. Uh, Carl Brooks, edge rusher, that's an A. Yep. Dwayne McBride, halfback, an A. And then Dorian Williams, linebacker in the fifth round. The other fifth round pick, anyway, A-plus. Overall draft grade, A. Thank you. Thank you, PFF. I really appreciate that. Doesn't necessarily mean these guys are really going to be as good as... Uh, turns out, but uh, I wouldn't be, let's just say, you know, this. I would not be mad if this was the draft. It's crazy to think that we only have five picks, but I gotta, I gotta imagine it's gonna change. Uh, hopefully at least one or two of these guys here will be picked in the, in the draft. Should I do one more for the heck of it, just for fun, or should I just leave it as is? <laughs> uh, it's so tempting to do one more. Maybe I'll end up taking all the same guys again. That's the one thing. <sighs> I wanna save it. I want to save it. I'll take a picture real quick because I'm a goofball. I suppose I can uh, screenshot it too, but I always forget what I'm doing with that type of thing. Okay, no uh, no screenshot needed. You can just download it. Yeah, download an image of it. So yeah, I did for the fun of it, just so I can have it. Let's do one more real quick. I hope I'm not boring you too much here, but it's, it's fun. Why not? It's fun to enter drafts and see what happens. So start. Come on, Bears, pick your pick. Make your pick, Bears. And I won't go over everybody's pick again like I did last time. Uh-huh. So Zay Flowers. And there's there's uh, Banks again. Defensive line. Should I, maybe I'll go with Cansey uh, this time. Defensive line. See what happens there. To help us out on that D line, which was awfully mediocre last year. Okay, I made the pick. You can stop spinning around in circles here. Don't you love when websites do this crap? Oh, my God. Now everything stopped. Stupid. So dumb. Okay, I'll start over. Yay. Don't you just love that when that happens? There. Hopefully this time it works better. I apologize for wasting your time. And now Cansey's gone. That's great. Thanks. So I'll go with Banks again. It's going to be a big giant repeat. <laughs> this will be all the same players again. Watch. I'm going to just take all the same guys again. Why not? I got a good grade. Oh, shoot. It's only one pick. You son of a... Okay. Seven rounds. The whole thing reset on me. Try again. One of these days I'll get it right, and I apologize for this. Maybe I can get Cansey now. I'm going to take a Chansey and Cansey. There he is. There you go. Take a Chansey and Cansey. It's crazy to think the Vikings only have five picks, but yeah, it sucks. Too many trades. We'll just trade away everything. Hell with it. We're going to be like Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Fletcher of the Wild. Up Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, there's the receiver again, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Dell. Instead of Carl Brooks, though. Yeah, see? Dale was probably a spectacular pick at the time. See, now I'm just going to take all the same guys. Well, I'm going to take Dale, yes. So, since it's an A-plus pick, I guess so. But I think he slipped to the next, the third pick. It's the same guys again. Stupid. So, that's dumb. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to end up taking all the same guys again. Uh, I, actually, no. I'm not going to take Carl Brooks because I took uh, Cansey. No, I didn't take Cansey. He's gone. No, I did. I got it mixed up. So, yes, I will take my chance with this uh, Trey Vias Hodgson's Tomlinson. Whew. Just rolls right off your tongue, right? Trey Vias Hodges Tomlinson. Yeah, um, that was easy. Very easy. I am going to take the running back now. Yep, the same guy, Dwayne McBride. Yes, I took him again. And now the draft simulator is doing what it did last time, spinning around. So I think we're going to say goodbye to PFF for now. Don't have time for that kind of nonsense. 
with that said, again, I, uh, that's about where the direction I hope the Vikings go. Let's just stick on this one. De- Deontay Banks, you know, not, I'm not necessarily endorsing him with the pick, but to address cornerback, wide receiver, edge rush, halfback, which is running back, and linebacker and Dorian Williams in the fifth round. Uh, no sixth-round pick, so Deontay Banks, round one. Nathaniel Dell, round three. That's a wide receiver, of course. Round four, edge rusher Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green. Round five, halfback slash running back Dwayne McBride out of UAB with the big old fire-breathing dragon. Gotta like that. And later in the fifth round, linebacker Dorian Williams out of two Lingen. That's what I'm, you know, kind of looking at something like that if we end up just sticking exactly where we are. But we all know that never happens in the draft. So that's kind of my approach going into the draft. Cornerback, receiver, linebacker, edge rush, and um, linebacker, uh, running back, if I said that already. Would be nice to take a developmental quarterback, but the Vikings seem to never do that. We'll see what happens. Um, Obviously, there has to be some type of plan post-Kirk Cousins coming up in the not-too-distant future. Will that happen in this draft? Quite possibly. The Vikings trade up to get one of the uh, bigger-name quarterbacks. That could be a direction the Vikings go. Unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of draft capital to work with to begin with if we do that. So that's another thing to think about. Um, We might have to take like a real, real player to make a trade as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens if the Vikings are able to pull off something like that. With that said, (laughs) a nice balanced attack in the draft. With that said, uh, we'll take a quick break and come back for a fun, entertaining fan interaction segment. Joey, uh, just calling in to do my uh, annual uh, State of the Vikings. Um, I'm going to start with the, uh, always like to get the disappointing stuff over with first. I don't have an actual player that I would say was the most disappointing, just the defense in general. I guess you could say Eric Kendricks, but I hate to. He's been so good for so long. and For whatever reason, uh, if he's just getting older, slower, kind of a little bit of a drop-off, uh, this year, don't even know if it's the scheme, if it's the players, but just the, just the defense in general, uh, how bad they were. And uh, so that was very disappointing. And just uh, coming to the playoffs, getting into the wild card round and just not being able to come out on top. Like I told you last time, I was, couldn't even finish watching that game when they came out the second half and just ran the ball down the field. It was just uh, kind of felt like that was... Uh, going to be how it ended and it just uh, really was just hard to watch and just too bad that we uh, for as good as the offense was um, that we couldn't do better than that but uh, anyway uh, biggest surprise that to me it's like that the Detroit Lions let Hawkinson come over and uh, just that even as a player how well he did once he got over here don't know if Detroit just didn't want to I'm sure he had his uh rookie contract up, so they're probably going to have to pay him some pretty big money, but um, outside of your buddy there for the Chiefs, I think uh, Hawkinson is about as good as they come for production and how well he did when he came over, so that was a surprise, and uh, actually the way the offensive line is really starting to uh, 
come together. Um, the rookie, I think Ed Ingram uh, is his name. I think he played every snap, and I think he looks like he's going to do well. But just how dominant uh, Christian Darrisaw became, and I think we, uh, I think Garrett Bradbury's even getting a little better. And they had a stat when he was out uh, how much more inefficient the offense was when he was not in there. So I think even he is, uh, even though they didn't. Um, take his fifth year option last year. Um, they may want to rethink that. Uh, I don't know, but, uh, I like the way that offensive line is coming together and, uh, just the offense did great. The defense did terrible. Um, that, that was kind of the way that goes. MVP, I think is pretty easy. I don't even know if I need to name it, but yeah, JJ, he's our superstar. I uh, hope we can uh, figure out a way to keep him around for a long time. I think he, uh, I think he's good for the team. I think he's good for the, community i think he's uh it's kind of fun to watch and uh just a good guy good player um outstanding um so uh anyway uh that's kind of it i'll kind of leave it at that going to be interesting to see what we do in uh, free agency if much of anything and how they uh how i can't uh brian flores how he does uh redoing the defense and uh what that looks like in the draft and it's uh never that's uh, a year-round deal, uh, so uh be interested to see how it uh, all plays out. So other than that, thanks for doing the show, Joey, and for all the great work and the great shows, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. And there he is, Gerald from Nebraska. Thank you very much for the call, and that was awesome. And, uh, yep, there you go. There's his... Uh, State of the Vikings uh, call-in, giving you all of his uh, feelings on the season. Great job. That was awesome. And can't really disagree with anything you had to say there. And thank you. Thank you always for uh, your support and loyalty to the show. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer for the show. And uh, we have two new inductees coming in at the end. So looking forward to that. Um, So we'll jump into the Twitter account. Well, and also even before that, uh, Eric Hendricks has been released. Eric Hendricks has been cut slash released from the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, it's happened since uh, the last <laughs> release of the episode at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show uh, on the Twitter account. I think the Twitter is going to be quiet, unfortunately. Uh, Pigskin Podcast, or The Pigskin Podcast Network, retweeted and liked the most recent episode, Brian Flores, Super Bowl, <sighs> Super Bowl review. Super Bowl 57, sorry, I'm losing my mind here. Yep, because I'm like, what number is that? Oh, yeah, yep, and then Gerald liked it, so on and so forth. So that's the Twitter. There's no no comments, just kind of retweet, and thank you very much. I think there was more retweets, though. Maybe not, though, huh? It was quiet, unfortunately. Weird. Maybe people are just like, yeah, they're just kind of uh, out of football mode right after the Super Bowl, so that's what it was like. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Back to the frog in my throat again. How annoying is that? So, my apologies. Again, yep, Eric Hendricks released. There's been a bit of back and forth, a bit of uh, this and that. Uh, I released, yep, so we're catching up to where we were last show. James Tate simply says, love this. And thank you very much, James Tate from uh, Phillipsburg School Athletics. I want to see the, uh, if I can see the location. Um, New Jersey, cool. He lives in uh, West Virginia. Thank you, James. Nice to meet you. Very, very appreciative. So, yeah, Viking fans all over the country. Looks like a good guy for sure. Uh, but, yeah, all kinds of interesting news since the last episode. And I've talked about some of it. Uh, apparently, uh, former Vikings assistant uh, Jonathan Gannon. Pretty cool. Jonathan Gannon, 
Uh, he kind of looks like Rich Gannon a little bit, doesn't he? But yeah, he was with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He's been hired the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, so congratulations for him. Mark Carlson was like, head coach? And I was saying, yeah, pretty crazy. So congratulations to Jonathan Gannon becoming a head coach in the NFL. Nice. It's like, really? Head coach? And yep, Travis Kelsey made it. Yeah, he just never stops. I was like, the guy is a certified moron. Time to shut him off. Once uh, once upon a time, I had respect for him. That's gone forever. Yeah, ugh, he's too much. The guy's a moron. I'm sorry, he is. You can like him till you're blue in the face or tell me, like, he doesn't care what you think. I don't care what he thinks either. <laughs> Quite frankly, uh, Dave Hickey says, best way to shut them up is to beat them up. And right now we don't have any chance of that with what we had out there last year. Hope Brian Flores can uh, perform another Minneapolis miracle because this defense needs it. Yeah, oh, that's for darn sure. Mark Carlson says, unfortunately, I guess this will go on until next season begins. Yeah, it's so dumb. Travis Kelsey at the Super Bowl floor parade said haters said Chiefs would never make the playoffs. It's just like, yeah, it, really, man? So, yeah, who said the Chiefs would never make the playoffs? Maybe just somebody that literally hates the Chiefs, and that's it. Who cares? You know, like, you're basically saying, like, I mean, they, they could say that about anybody. Oh, the Cowboys aren't going to make the playoffs. So what? That's probably a dumb statement. You know, like, who cares? Why Why even bring that up? It just, it shows you he's a petty, petulant child at age 33, right? 33, 34. A petulant child. That's that's all that is to me. Uh, next, Red McCombs, former Minnesota Vikings owner. Purple Pride, hoo, 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 Purple Pride, the Thunderdome, and all that from San Antonio, Texas, and... People thought he was going to be the next Norm Green and move the Vikings to Texas, just like Norm Green moved the North Stars to Texas. It never happened. No, and um, and he sold the team to uh, Zygmunt Ziggy Wilf. It was it was uh, originally going to be someone else. Wound up with uh, Ziggy Wilf and the Wilf family and all that in 2005. Um, but uh, he has passed away at age 95. He purchased the Vikings in 1998, right before the magical season. At age 70. So here he is, uh, right, right around 70, a little over 70 at the time, about 70, 71-ish. He has passed away at age 95, Red McCombs. So um, definitely a historic figure. And, he, you know, we had some really fun seasons when he was here, at least at the beginning. Unfortunately, he got a little on the cheaper side later on because he was looking to move on and was probably frustrated, obviously, with no stadium deal. And didn't look like the uh, the locals were going to work with Red McCombs, unfortunately. Ziggy Wolf, it eventually happened in 2012, and then the uh, construction finally started in 2014 for U.S. Bank Stadium. So, um, yeah, well, the teardown began at the end of 2013, right away of the Metrodome, and then it got going during 2014 and so on and so forth in time for 2016. How, how they were able to build that giant palace in two years or so, in like two and a half years, is beyond me. I have no idea how they were able to accomplish that, but an amazing job done. No doubt about it. I guess anything is possible. But uh, obviously a lot of people were involved with that. Um, really appreciated Red McCombs, though. He was a fun owner. He was a lot more interesting than the previous gang of 10 or whatever we used to have. Uh, Roger Hedrick, guys like that. Not a likable group. They, they really weren't. A lot of people didn't like them. And that's an, another reason why there was no stadium deal before that either. Plus, the Metrodome wasn't even like 20 years old at the time. Like, 15-year-old Metrodome. And it's like, we need a new stadium. We need a new stadium. You know, it's like, Okay, it's 15 years old. You know, Excel Energy Center is what, how old? And it's still gorgeous. I know the Metrodome was just a cheap tent, basically, compared to Excel Energy Center for the Minnesota Wild. And obviously, just a few updates to that, and everything was fine. Unfortunately, we're probably going to hear more and more about the Target Center as we go forward. That one's 30 plus now, and it's 
it's yeah, it's probably the lowest revenue in the NBA right now with the Wolves in the target center. Um, I was saying it's time for State of the Vikings 2023. Please, uh, yeah, in this thread, three, please state your 2023 Minnesota Vikings biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, MVP, and a brief description why. And yep, really appreciated Gerald's call-in. I don't think there was a whole lot. Yeah, it was only uh, Mark and Dave, but I really appreciate you guys. I'm not complaining that you guys posted. You guys are pillars to the show, and that's why you're, you know, that's why you're just so loved and appreciated in more ways than you can imagine. Uh, Mark Carlson, yep, Mark Carlson says, biggest coming in out of Iowa, of course. Biggest surprise, that we could win 13 games with that crappy defense. <laughs> yeah. Biggest disappointment, losing to the Giants, and that we had a crappy defense. <laughs> also, I feel I need to say that game-wise. I was way past disappointed when the Vikings let the Cowboys roll all over them. Not the fact that we lost, but by such a huge margin. MVP tight end TJ Hawkinson, he was outstanding, clutch, and wasn't aboard the Vikings ship when they uh, when it launched for this crazy season. Interesting. Interesting. Hawkinson, MVP, huh? But, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining. That was pretty cool. Apparently, again, flashing on the screen as I'm recording this segment now, the later segment of the show, the Saints are closing in on a deal with Derek Carr. The Saints are closing on a, de- on a deal with Derek Carr. So, we'll see. That's I had a feeling that was going to be one of the most likely locations Derek Carr would wind up. Apologize if I seem kind of in and out, kind of jumpy-ish. Just recently had to shovel very heavy snow before the start of this segment. So, of course, was piecing this show together over the course of a few days because it's that kind of show. That's a project type of show. And, um, boy, look at those eyes. Derek Carr is staring at the camera like he's going to kill us. Uh, <laughs> of course, the way the Raiders played that this last year, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of tired hyper, which is not a good combination. Tired and hyper, it's ugh, not good. Hyper because of the coffee and tired because of just tired. <laughs> and it's dark out and stuff with the heavy snow and all that. Anyhow, let's get to what Mark had to say. Now, if, uh, continue anyway, now if the staff at Purple Mafia will allow me to add one more comment about the past season, nope, nope, you're not allowed, no, just kidding, (laughs) that I had a great time watching the team. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun, though? Yep, you really nailed that, Mark. There were many exciting moments, many, and that Buffalo game in particular, the ending will live on in infamy. Lastly, I enjoyed the podcast. Had a great time interacting on Facebook with all of you. Oh yeah, I still have two cans of Before I Die Lager by Surly Brewing sitting in my beer fridge in the basement. Same here. Yep, same here, believe it or not. Yeah, I guess I will enjoy them as I watch the XFL. (laughs) I am a fan of the DC Defenders, so thanks, Valentino Joey, for a great podcast all season. Skull, Mark from Iowa. I remember liking Salt Lake City. I've always been kind of a... I've always wanted to see Salt Lake City. You know, I've always been curious about it. So, yeah, I mean, cool, though. That's a nice, uh, interesting choice for a team there. A lot of the teams from before, like Vegas Vipers, Seattle Sea Dragons, and like you say, the D.C. Defenders, they're still there. But uh, Salt Lake City is no more. Maybe they moved to one of them. I remember the Houston Roughnecks. Yep. Um, they must have, somebody must have moved, unfortunately. So that sucks. I like I liked Las Vegas. Or, excuse me, uh, Salt Lake City. St. Louis Battlehawks. Well, at least they have... a. Pro NFL, uh, pro team, not NFL team, but pro team <laughs> XFL. It's, it's cool. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Nice, uh, nice mention there. Dave Hickey, also a Hall of Famer, out of Iowa. Yep, Iowa and the Minnesota Vikings and Purple Mafia show are wonderful combination. Dave Hickey says, "My biggest surprise is the coaching staff can get 13 wins from basically the same team that went eight the year before." 
and the defense was that bad with a lot of star power on that side of the ball. The biggest disappointment is that the def- uh, is that the defense is that is that defense the fact that nobody could tackle or cover anybody they played seven to ten yards off the receiver anywhere on the field third and four play ten yards off first and goal play ten yards off touchdown or first down every time and it never changed in game or through the entire season and the coach was never fired until the season was over another dissatisfaction was that players weren't able to do <laughs> to do what they do well. Kendricks was straight up bad. He looked like Barr out there. <laughs> Harry wasn't available to blitz, and I've already highlighted how bad the defensive backs were. MVP has to be Justin Jefferson or JJ, yep, with honorable mention to Cousins. After all, who was throwing those darts to JJ? Hawkinson gets half, uh, half of the year MVP nod, even though he had a couple of bad drops, yep, in Green Bay, and he pissed off the MVP host of... Purple Mafia show a few times. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he also carried the team in at least two games. Yeah, Detroit and Detroit, right? <laughs> Pretty much. He was great against them, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was good against the, uh, the Giants. Excuse me, not Detroit, the Giants. What am I talking about? I'm really excited to see how much this team changes over the offseason with little money and only four. Yeah, that's the scary card. Only four picks in the draft. A bunch of good players are free agents. And they need to address several contracts. I believe we're in good hands with Brian Flores as the new defensive coordinator. Really excited to see what he can do. They sure can't do any worse. Skull. And yep, great. Great thoughts. Great thoughts. Yep. So, now I lost track of something. I had my, uh, I wanted to, let's see, what was I looking at? That's what I was thinking. Yep, yeah, um, Barr. Yeah, like when you mentioned Barr, how bad he was. And yeah, he was terrible. And I couldn't wait to see him go. There's some, I forget which page it was, where they're talking about uh, guys that the Vikings could bring back. And they and one of the guys on the list was Anthony Barr. Like, why? Why? May I ask why? Anthony Barr. Especially as we're just getting rid of Eric Hendricks. You'd bring back Anthony Barr? He was He's even worse. Are you crazy? So... Eric Hendricks was an MVP candidate in the past. Obviously, this year he's, he was my biggest disappointment, too. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was a huge bust. Um, new one, uh, yep, I would not anticipate another one-year extension for Kirk Cousins. Tom Pelissaro, NFL Network, of course, uh, Minnesota Ties, obviously was with Score North and all of them. Um, yeah, so Kirk Cousins, it's not going to be a one-year extension, most likely, from what uh, things are going from both sides of the equation, apparently. The Kirk Cousins camp and the Vikings themselves, the, you know, the GM and all them. So it's like either long-term commitment or adios amigo after the end of the year. Let it ride. I kind of am leaning towards let it ride. I kind of am. Because uh, if you make a long-term commitment, what future do we have? Uh, another interesting conversation, as I'll say this before I get into the uh, the thread, is that there's talk about uh, Richardson. Maybe the Vikings could trade up to get him. And then there's other talk that he could go as high as number one. But the conversation was how Richardson needs good quarterback coaching, basically. Like, he's got a ton of talent, and if he's with the right organization that can coach him properly, he will uh, reach his potential. He'll pan out, so to speak. He'll reach his ceiling. And, well, this is a pretty good organization now. In the past with Mike Zimmer, it'd be like, are you crazy? Hell no. That's the worst place you could possibly go. Yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's the last thing you'd want to do. I don't even have a... Uh, smart comparison to go with right now and I don't know it would just be a smart ass comparison if anything so <laughs> at the end of the day yeah I mean this is a pretty good fit 
for, say, somebody like a Richardson who needs coaching, so to speak, in order to reach his full potential. So maybe, maybe the Vikings will make an aggressive move. Unfortunately, I'm not sure what kind of trade chips we have at this stage because we don't have much of a draft anymore, which is kind of sad. We've traded away a lot of picks this time around. We shall see. Um, let's get to the comments now on this whole Kirk Cousins situation. I hate that most relevant. Just put them all there, you big dope. Okay. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, it is it is a damned if you do and damned if you don't decision, 100%. True, because obviously you let him go, you're kind of sort of starting over or something like that. Um, so this is backwards. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go down. Yep. Uh, Samuel Black says he sucks in prime time and says, please don't. Ronald LaShawn Jordan says, good riddance, you definitely don't deserve another contract extension. Michael Hines says no. Dave Hickey says, I disagree with Ronald. He was not the problem last year, and he actually won several games with his play. He's not Pat Mahomes or Brady, but he doesn't have to be uh, He doesn't have to be that for us to win the big one. Look at both the Manning brothers. Peyton looked like bleep in his last story. Well, yeah, he did. He was done. He was freaking done, kind of like Breeze. He couldn't throw like 10 yards anymore. It was like, what happened to him? But, yeah, and it was just boom, boom, boom. The ball was, you know, like a duck. Um, and crybaby Eli has never, has never been as good as Kirk. It's a matter of team health, luck, or catching lightning in a bottle at the end of the year. I think Eli Manning was pretty clutch. That's the one difference. I think Eli is clutch. That's one thing I liked about Eli. I really appreciated that about him. Uh, Mark Carlson said, yep, he liked what Dave Vicky said. He gave him a gold star. So, yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too, Mark. Yep. <laughs> I, yep. And both of you guys are gold stars, if you know what I mean. You really are. Um, yeah, that was good. That was a good uh, good response. Even though, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge Kirk fan. I'm not a huge commit-to-Kirk type of thing. <clears throat> he definitely wasn't our biggest problem last year, not even close. He wasn't even close. The defense was pathetic, and Kirk had some unbelievable games. And he does deserve credit for it. The way it ended was super frustrating because all the things we didn't like about Kirk and the little, you know, how we do these stupid checkdowns and kind of like, you know, you know kind of like just make the wrong decision at the wrong time at, you know, so to speak, over and over and over again in the past, and then it happened at that moment. But I suppose that figures, because our backs were against the wall as much as a team can be when it's fourth and long, where obviously you don't get the first down, your season ends on the spot. So, I guess. <laughs> I guess, I guess. It's kind of like what it is. You know, damned if you do, damned if you don't again. And the Vikings did cut leading tackler Kendricks. Yeah, he got tackles after giving up 15 yards in each tackle. Okay, I'm just kidding. In average, I'm just, you know, but it's something like that. It, was a, it wasn't good. Um, just couldn't keep up. And it's too bad. He was a hell of a player, and I loved him. It's crazy how quickly somebody like an Eric Hendricks can drop off. The scheme stuck, too. There's no doubt about it. The, key, the scheme stuck. But, of course, when you can save, like, you know, like 9 to $12 million on a move, you know, with a dead cap situation, and the guy played terribly, what do you think is going to happen? It's like the sun's going to come up in the east, right, every day? That's about it. Like, what else is new under the sun? Now that I've ran that over about 50 times, I apologize. That concludes the actual regular um, fan interaction part of this show. Gold star will be Dave Hickey. Mark and Gerald are going to bring in gold-plated silvers because they're just the greatest ever, and I'm not kidding. Uh, bronzes can go to... Uh, where do they go? I'm losing track of where I am. Yeah, bronzes can go to the two guys there. That will be Sam Black and Ronald. Yeah, Sam and Ronald will bring in the... Uh, no, what was the other guy that I talked about as well? Um, 
There was another guy. Oh, yeah, James Tate. Yep, he can bring in a bronze as well. Not a whole lot of interaction, but really good interaction from uh, Gerald, Mark, and Dave Hickey. You guys are just, you know, pillars of the show. Absolute pillars. You know, guys like Mad Martin, Malcolm McSween. Obviously, I could mention them forever, how great they've always been to the show. Didn't didn't interact on this one, and that's okay. I'm sure I'll hear from you in the, in the future, in the not-too-distant future, I hope. Love you guys so much. Uh, really appreciate everything. So the gold star for this step, yeah, I, well, I already gave that out. So now we'll keep moving here. The next step is the gold star, the stars of the year, so to speak. The bronze star of the year is going to go to Dave Martin. He could be a gold star any freaking year. He could, I mean, all three of these guys could get the gold star any freaking year because it's going to be individual people this time. It's not going to be like two or three per star, <laughs> obviously. Some years I would put more than one, particularly for the bronze or silver. But I just put three people this time. Um, these guys, all three of them are gold stars, like year in, year out. Um, actually, I am going to include, I am going to do this. I'm going to go against what I just said. Dave Vicky's also going to bring in a bronze. I can't believe I didn't have him there. And I feel sick about it, actually. Dave Vicky and Dave. It's going to be the Daves are going to get bronze, silver-plated, gold-plated bronzes for those two guys. Mike Dale is going to bring in the silver. He is <laughs> a first ballot Hall of Fame type of guy. And he got in last year. Like his second year interacting with the show and he got in the hall. That's how good he was. Uh, just unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. Uh, Mike Dale, really appreciate the, the amazing uh, writing skills you bring, the personality, uh, you know, the consistency during the season. Ho hope you hear from me more and more during the off season. Coming in out of uh, the state of New York, I believe closer to Buffalo, places like that. Uh, Dave Martin is from, Dave Martin, Mad Martin is from Northern Scotland. Dave Hickey from Iowa, of course. And the Gold Star of the Year is going to be a guy who got it 10 years ago. He's going to bring in his second Gold Star of the Year. He got it in the first Gold Star ever and was in the very first Hall of Fame class. Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Welcome back to Gold Star Land. Welcome back to Gold Star Land. I just, you know, I, I feel so good giving it to you. Um, and like I said, these three guys, or four guys actually, are all Gold Stars. Like they could get it easily. They could have gotten it easily. But I mean, I'm just saying, but this year it's going to Mark Carlson. And I'm not lessening. Mark Carlson saying other people could get it. Of course not. That's just that's how good you guys are. Like Mark Carlson absolutely deserves it. You know, and an unbelievable, you know, unbelievable several years out of Mark Carlson. And I really appreciate you for uh, for so long for your loyalty to the show for ten, fifteen, you know, for for like for ten plus years. Really appreciate it. Just God bless you. And now it's time for the uh, Hall of Fame class of 2023. It's a song of victory, a song of excellence, a song that we hope one day we will hear <laughs> played as the Lombardi Trophy is brought out with purple, gold, and white confetti coming from the sky. We hope one day we will hear that song. But today it's for the inductees to the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame. Our two inductees for this year, starting with Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis, a long, long-time listener and poster, 
made a pretty cool bumper song a while back singing Skull Vikings, and, you know, he, he's a darn good singer, and I really appreciate him. Doesn't post all that often, but the fact that he's around, and I, I from what I know, he's, he's been listening all this time, at least I hope so, but uh, really appreciate Jerry Hicks for all the years and years and years of being around this show, and just want to recognize you and really appreciate your uh, listenership and uh, dedication to listening to the show. You're in and you're out. Another guy who it was like pretty much every week during the season, he'd post at least one time and, you know, for, for many years now, and I've known him for a long time, going back to 2009, at, believe it or not, where I, where I work uh, when I was a temp at the time before I was even hired, Yankee William out of Brooklyn Center, Yankee. Uh, me and him go way, way, way back. First year to Boston Scientific. Really nice guy. Huge sports fan. Huge Vikings fan. Very loyal poster and listener to the show. Really appreciate you, Yankee William. Um, at least I'm pretty sure he listens. But I know he's a loyal poster on the uh, Facebook page. I think that does mean he listens. At least I hope so. <laughs> and Because, I mean, you never know if people listen consistently. Maybe they just post. But really appreciate both of you guys very much. And Welcome to the Pearl Mafia Hall of Fame, class of 2023. With that said, I can't thank you guys enough for a wonderful time, uh, a wonderful season, like uh, Dave and Mark both were talking about, Gerald was talking about. It was a magical, magical, magical season. All those close games, the, the clutch victories, the, the whiteout was very memorable. I just, I, I love that whiteout game. It was really cool. Uh, that was probably my second, maybe third favorite game, just in terms of just the, the vibe, and it was Christmas Eve. There was something special about that. Like the, the, the gentle white snow, it just felt like frosting on a, it just felt like frosting on a nice little cinnamon roll or something like that. It's just, a, you know, there was just a, a quaintness to it. I, I know that sounds kind of weird, the way I worded that, but that gentle white snow that was around at that time because it was colder. It was the light snow, not the heavy crap I just dealt with that you're going to get in March more often. Uh, obviously, the Buffalo game was probably the most memorable of all. And then the 33-point comeback versus the Indianapolis Colts. How <laughs> I wrote at halftime, heck, heck with it. I'm just going to post the post-game thread now. It's not like the Vikings are going to make the greatest comeback in NFL history or anything. And then they did, which was hilarious. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things ever, but that's exactly how it goes at the end of the day. Um, so an absolutely memorable, memorable season uh, that... We will remember forever. It just sucks the way it ended. It really does. But at least there, there's some nice memories we can gain from it and maybe make us even more hungry to finally get that Super Bowl. I'm not sure how much hungrier we can be at this stage, losing four Super Bowls in the 70s. Uh, obviously, starting off with a super heartbreak of 69. I wasn't there for it, but again, just imagine being favored by 18 points and getting your butts handed to you. Just depressing, beyond belief. That's how it all started, the disappointment. Um... Obviously, you know, the, the push-off game of 75, you know, the 75 season with the Cowboys, when a lot of us really, you know, started hating the Cowboys. Again, before I was born, but a lot of Viking fans hated the Cowboys forever since then. Um, the team got older, no longer was able to get to the Super Bowl and all that, and haven't been back since 76. It's just so sad. And then what if we lost six consecutive uh, NFC Championship games in terms of, you know, getting to it and losing, per se, not making it six times in a row but losing in six consecutive appearances in the NFC Championship game. It's depressing beyond belief. It's like a big number 10 right there. Four straight Super Bowl loss uh, appearance losses and four straight, NFC, uh, excuse me, six straight NFC Championship losses now. Um, 
I guess we were the last team to win the to win the uh, uh, the NFL championship trophy in '69. Supposedly that's some kind of curse. I don't know. Just win the ding thing someday and end the drought. If the Chicago Cubs can do it, if the Boston Red Sox can do it, if the Chicago White Sox can do it, if the Saints can do it, if the Eagles can do it, blah, 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 we can go on forever. The freaking Bucks can win a Super Bowl, who are the worst team in pro sports for forever, which is absolutely st- staggering when you think about that. There's just no excuse. Uh, why can't the Vikings win a championship? Why not? So someday we hope and pray that day will come. Maybe it will be in 2023. We'll see. We can only hope. We can only hope and pray. Until then, well, we're just going to keep up and uh, hope for the best that this team will pick up the right free agents, will draft the right players, so on and so forth. The next episode will be free agency, where we'll talk about who the Vikings uh, cut and signed and all that good stuff coming up later this month, I believe, or maybe at the very beginning of April. After that, there'll be a draft preview and a draft review, probably about two or so weeks apart, by approximately, depending on how things go. And then, again, depending on how things go, like that'll be, again, like April, May-ish, like mid-April for the preview, late to, well, yeah, early May for the review, and so on and so forth. Um, by the next time I'm, uh, hopefully by the next time I do this podcast, I will have a newer, better position in the company I work in. Uh, it's all completely unofficial, but there's been encouraging talk about it. We shall see. I, I'm a wait and see type of guy. I want to hear. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth first, because you just never know. I, I want to hear the good news first, and I hope I can pass that on to you. That you'll hear Joey, the manufacturing technician, rather than medical device specialist. Are they a three medical device specialist three. Uh, I'd rather move on to manufacturing technician. Uh, a better job, better career, so to speak, than where I've been at. So, with that said, hope all of you have a wonderful. Uh, week or two and we'll talk about free agency maybe three weeks depending how long it is but uh and we'll see we shall see until then take care and god bless each and every one of you